Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I've seen the chicks. Alley six phone switch. Switch it. What can I say? What can I say? Rap music began in Harlem and the South Bronx on playgrounds like this one, where people would gather to spin records and then recite their own lyrics, their raps, over the instrumental sections. One of those rappers is... compared to the last couple and the first thing I'm going to mention this week Riddle yes. is I was perusing the Sonos website the other day <laughs> oh you don't say Sonos the oh, speaker so, company uh, what's Sonos Sonos the audio company that's so Sonos is an audio Sonos? company oh wow and um, a cool thing that they just did was they made a custom speaker design with the Beastie Boys actually. Oh yeah. Which is pretty cool. And uh um, What would you say qualifies the Beastie Boys to design speakers? Well, what's interesting that you they asked have that a license because to they it. hit up the Beastie Boys <laughs> to make the speaker and then the Beastie Boys hit up designer of their choice to design the speaker that right. says Beastie Boys on it in a cool so way. So the Beastie Boys just middleman Sonos's uh, speakers. Yeah, I guess. So I guess that means it's like more like curated. Yeah, cosine. Yeah, cosine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, 
But now, you know, we well, speakers. I would, I would think that that they would work with some of Sonos's at speaker designer engineers. That seems kind of like a. I think Sonos is more like, 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 like but they're more just like sort sleek. of a diss move, you know. Yeah, but they're not like skull candy. They're not like mm. a. Most of their speakers are just like one color and like, you know. Oh, you mean a visual designer? They're, it's not a new speaker design. It's just, no, it's just I believe new, it's their it's like just a visual Sonos oh, Okay, I thought you meant that they were like designing a like new speaker enclosure cabinet. No, tweeter woofer combination. They had that, That's like, why I asked what qualifies them as them not. Remember how they had that like Wu Tang speaker that you could like strap to your backpack or whatever? Yes. So it's kind of like that, only it's like bigger and more higher quality, okay. and there's not anything like. Built into it. Well, in any event, Sonos, the it's sound like company. Sonos. They make speakers that can thing. go into your home, and you can buy them on the internet. And they play. Yes, you can. Music. So, anyways, if you want to see what we're talking about and check out the Beastie Boys thing, you can go to studymusicgroup.com/podcast and follow the banner over to Sonos, and they will know that we sent you, and they will support the podcast a little bit. So. Go check that out if you're in need of some new sound for your house. Highly recommended by Foss. Uh, without further ado, we got a guest in the house this week. And his name is Aaron from All Street Looks Clothing, Hat and Shirt Company. And uh, you're a man of many hats, actually, aren't you? Too many. Too <laughs> many. Trying to dial that back, really. So we were just talking before we got started uh, about how your sort of main use of your time and main source of income has actually shifted into, like, multimedia. What kind of stuff are you doing? Well, no, that's really... That's always been the case. The stuff that I do with the brand uh, has gone from... Uh, events to designing our own gear sourcing our own stuff from hats to you know clothing obviously you know uh hats clothing all that you know the same streetwear type stuff that a billion slash gazillion other people are doing yeah but um tying in the event element as well but i mean i've always been a graphic designer and touched on video stuff like a decade ago because I used to MC, I used to make beats. Yeah. So tying all that stuff together from events to making my own music, then getting into video, just kind of a natural progression. Yeah. But graphic design, illustration, art has always been the underlying thing. And I kind of broke away from my last uh, full-time gig like four, coming up on five years ago. Yep. So yeah, I've just been freelancing this whole time. Since we've met, I've been freelancing this yeah. whole time. But yeah. Ill. What kind of, uh, have you like done any multimedia work for people of note? People that people might... Um, well, I did do a project, like, kind of on the hip-hop tip. Some of the stuff I do is corporate, and it's just, like, whatever. I work yeah, for yeah. different nonprofits, construction companies. Uh, I mean, you know, hired gun. I yeah, work yeah. for whoever, but... It's like bread and butter, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, some people are all, you know, in the Bay Area, the tech companies, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, hey, bring it on. Yeah. Like You yeah. never know who's yeah. in need of... Hey, work is work. But, I mean, you know, I'm always a big hip-hop dude, so whenever I can kind of cross-pollinate those things, I do, like, a lot of, like, recap video. <coughs> yeah. The, the folks who do, like, Oakland Central this crew uh it's a team out of oakland they do the uptown downtown kind of resource stuff but they also do third thursdays at latham square so they hire me to shoot all those so that's cool because that crosses over yeah. into music type stuff anyway uh no I'm good. um but um i did a video i don't really do videos like that more recap videos but i did a music video for uh, a song called The Statue of Liberty is Sitting on My Face <laughs> and that was by Prozac Turner 
Oh, okay. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, that's no. something of note. Folks can go check that yeah. out. Statue yeah. of Liberty sitting on my face. Uh, all pretty much him shot against a green screen and just a bunch of CGI graphic transitions like coming in and out. Yeah, that's off his latest album, man. Yeah. yeah. So you do a lot of motion graphic work? <laughs> yeah, well. video motion graphic. That's my main like day to day setup. So all the stuff I've been doing with the all brand, uh, all street looks, really just trying to get into the the media content element. So doing events, doing the streetwear stuff, just kind of trying to stay ahead of the curve and say, well, you know, I know a ton of people doing clothing. I know a ton of people right. doing events, but I want to do clothing. I want to do events, and then I want to be able to capture uh, content from original content in house from our own events, mm -hmm. things we're throwing, things we're partnering with, or just other artists outside they're working with. So that's always been kind of the flow. Um, did you ever come to the, the shop space? I had, I had a little pop-up shop space I didn't. Space I remember you were telling me yeah. about it. Is that, so that's no longer No, we were jam? trying to keep that going, but it was some shady business with that whole sublet yeah, situation. Yeah, you me Yeah, it kind of forced me yeah. out of that. And then that's when I did the rebrand to all studios because yeah. I legitimately had like this dope studio set up yeah. with the storefront as well. So what, um, what year did you initially launch the like all hats and shirts? Or oh, man. What, what was first and what year? Uh man, I mean, I'd been doing the clothing, just you know, printing on t-shirts, really doing that with the all branding starting in twenty, well, really, two thousand seven, but really more hardcore in twenty twelve, and then in twenty fourteen, that's when it just took on a whole new flavor because I was doing those day parties. Yeah, yeah. How how like difficult was it to get uh? to get your like products looking legit because there's 101 people uh you know in different creative spaces around the bay area that have like a shirt or a hat or whatever but it's like your gear has like a very like legit look not just like oh somebody like made an image and printed a hundred of them and your shit looks very like you know like the hats are very like well made and like they're not just kind of like uh i got this made at the mall kind of look or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> like your shit yeah. looks like a new era cap or like or how tough was it to get your shit like super no legitimate I mean, and manufactured nicely and no i mean first off i appreciate you even saying that i mean i'm always my worst critic like eh, it can be better it can be mm -hmm. better but you know, uh, just coming from that same hip hop b boy mentality, like I was trying to outdo myself, yeah. looking at, you know, what's out there and relative to I want to stand out. You know, because everything's going to filter through that hip hop mentality, that yeah. real shit, where it's like, I want to stand out, I want to be original. Every so I see what people are doing, everybody's season. doing streetwear. Uh -huh. I really like hats, yeah. bald, no, many balding forever. So always, you know, I got a 50 million hats. So. I want to stand out with hats. I want to have a hat line that's dope, along with the gear, along with the printables. Uh, just doing different things that stand out. Cause you know, as you said, there's so many people doing streetwear stuff, but really just in the sourcing, man, just kind of, uh, once kinda I got, like I got a trial handle, and error. Yeah, trial and error. Like I got a handle on some uh, overseas sourcing and was like, whoa, okay. So this is what it is. Where, you know, going over swatches with them, dealing with the language barrier, folks right. in China, Pakistan, wherever. And totally different set of different set of problems, different set of difficulties. Totally different set of problems. Like, yeah, you could go probably to a mall a good, or probably a better local. set of problems to have, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, based on the numbers versus volume right, versus right. testing it out. Once you get it going, build up trust with a particular company. Yeah. And they pretty much know what you need. Then it's like, oh, show me your swatches. Okay, I want that. Let me try this with this. Let me get a sample order of that. Yeah. Ship that. Okay, this looks good. Let me get more. And that's pretty much what I was doing. Just taking the risk. There's a lot of people who. You know, we're afraid to go that route. Like, man, I don't want right. to send money and deal with this stuff. Or 
Plus, just having the willingness to do it. A lot of people are lazy, yeah, to no. be honest. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't want to do it. But just the instant gratification. A lot of people don't b- right, understand. You're not just placing an online order and getting your box stuff. No, nah, yeah. not at all. It's, <laughs> it's like a process. You got to really work, work with the people. You got to work yeah. with it. Work with them. Work through it. Uh, not everything was always smooth. But how is the like? If you don't mind sharing a little bit more like detail, like how is the how difficult was it to like get in touch with somebody that's in the manufacturing space in another country when you're like shopping around for you know a manufacturer or distributor or whatever it is it's technically easy but it's hard just making phone calls like it was somebody in your backyard or uh a homie of mine who also is a graphic designer he put me up on game with the super gem of a hook alibaba he told me about this like almost a decade ago. Uh, that was fucking huge. And I, yeah, it's <laughs> huge. I didn't really flex on it until coming up on 20, <coughs> into 2012, 2013, yep. when I started looking at the hat folks and I was like, well, let's see what, what it is. Let's see what it does. Yep. And then I just started kind of sending out these orders and then like you'll put out an order or bid or whatever and then your inbox will flood with a bunch of people offering you different quotes. And then that's the easy part. So getting on people's radar as far as understanding that you want to place orders, yeah. easy part. Sifting through exactly who's going to communicate right, yeah. uh, minimum order quantities, dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then one of the main issues is there are scammers on Alibaba. Right. So they'll try to say, well, come order with me, but don't do it through Alibaba. Right, come, right, right. come do it directly with me. Send me uh, money order. Send me whatever, whatever. So we'll give you really, really good numbers, and some people are tempted by that. So yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like weeding through that. Like some people are offering some really interesting deals. This is on various levels of manufacturing, different kind of items. But they'll be like, "Well, yeah, we don't really use Alibaba like that. We just, you know, showcase on there, but we do all our stuff off Alibaba's official. But we can give you better deals than anybody." And you look at their deals, and they're like, "Yeah." But the trick is, they're showing you like maybe fake sites or whatever so i had a guy who was like really trying to hound me over placing some orders with him where he's calling me he's i'm like how did you get my number because i didn't even put like my main cell phone number on there but uh i ended up researching this guy in the companies and just sat for a few hours and just researched the hell out of this guy and then found all of these reviews and like oh this guy's a scammer like Mm. crazy man so it's like a lot to navigate so i kind of i see once you got through that yeah, sort of just kind of was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that's not all of them. Most of the companies right. there, most, like like China, those are the main manufacturers. I mean, we you know they're made in China. Everything's made uh-huh. in China. Like so many things, but like for hats, so many companies in China. Um, the main thing is picking one where they're willing to communicate. Some of the people are super pushy. Uh, sometimes two weeks you might be dealing with one person, then. A couple of weeks later, oh, now you're dealing with somebody else, so now you kind of got to refill this new person out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. But, I mean, once you dial it in, it, it's lovely because right. the the margins you can make on this stuff right. is just ridiculous. You just know the numbers and the yeah. costs and what you got to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Just kind of tying it all together. Plus, yeah, being able to make stuff like kind of from scratch how you want, send them the graphics, send them the logo, be like, I want, you know, the labels like this, I want it, you know, debossed leather labels, I want woven labels, I want it like this, I want it like that. And they're like, okay, cool. And showing samples, showing photos, I'm like, nah, do the stitching like this. I mean, it's in a way it's kind of fun, in a way it's kind of nerve-wracking because you're like, damn. They, if I say yes without getting samples sent, if I get the sample sent, it's going to take longer to get the main order. Yeah. 
But if I want to hurry up, then I take a risk of saying, all right, just do the whole order. So yeah. if you order a few hundred hats and you get them, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't like the way the stitching came out. Yeah. And you're like, screw it. So just those kind of things. Like, good problems to have overall, though. Yeah, yeah. You just got to take your time. Right. Right. One more consideration. It almost seems like they become, like, more of a manufacturing wing of your company, almost, or in the way that you, like, treat them in terms of the back and forth, checks oh, yeah. and references. Absolutely. You know, it's not just, like you said, not just firing off an order and, uh, you know, getting no. that instant gratification. No, you that's cool. That, I mean, I think that, that speaks to the quality of the brand, right? You know, it's like if you're willing to do that, you know, what you're gonna the resulting product is gonna be something that is always gonna have more like care and intention behind it. Right. I mean, I hope that shows through in it. Pretty much anything I do, um, I wanted to show that way from how I curate events, uh, just all, all of those things. You know, what I mean, I'm definitely mindful about what I put out. I just don't throw out anything. Right. Right. <coughs> as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> You should have let there. me roll Ooh, that, I got bud. sticky fingers you want some help? I tore it in half. You got some help? Yeah. <clears throat> fuck, Zach, boss. I never was a fan of those. Take care of that. There you go. This guy. Man. So, you said you uh, kind of started off in events, and now you've... Uh, ventured back into your latest event which is the beat boutique right ah yes 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 that yeah so that. what's the what's the long and short of the beat boutique and how long has that been going on beat boutique uh actually you know what next month will be the year anniversary oh because we actually started beat boutique at my all studios space that i had on 13th yeah so we started that there that partner that that up with the homie of mine black achilles you know black achilles yep. mike uh, so I had the space and we had the, the different rooms. We had the storefront. We could shut that down. We could just blap out with music because it was right next to Good Mother. And just the whole way the block was, we could just rock out. It was nothing. Yeah. Uh, they had people like bands rehearsing below us. So it was dope. And plus, if you know that 13th Street strip right there, it was kind of grimy. Yeah. So it was kind of whatever. Like we could just get it in and the cops wasn't tripping. Yeah. So I was like, Mike, what's up? I got the spot. I got my own little mini venue space now. This is after doing events at Era, doing events at Parliament, doing shit with Ankh Marketing, um, Berkeley Underground, Shattuck Download, and that, you know, yeah. so many different spots, so many different things. I was like, I kind of got my own little low key little place. So let's do some things. And he was like, all right, I got this idea. Let's set it up to where we do like an open mic where we have producers come showcase beats. They play a few beats. The audience there consisting of just people checking the music out, but also of writers, vocalists, MCs. Hear the beats, just like any other beat set, but you know, a quick, short kind of get it in beat set, a flurry of beats. They pick, everybody votes on which one they want to write to, and then they just run the beat on the loop, and everybody writes to it for 20, 25 minutes, yeah. and then everybody just gets up and just drops immediately. Tight. So I was like, okay, that's a pretty interesting idea. Because, you know, this has come from me being an MC. I used yeah. to produce. I used to make beats, too. So yeah. I'm just loving the whole concept of this. And we got it right there. Uh, I'm able to say, yes, it's my spot. So I'm like, hey, we Have you house. guys been, like, recording them every month? Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't get every month. But because I'm a videographer, yeah. obviously, I pull out the camera. Uh, if you look at the IG, Beat Boutique Oak uh, on the IGTV, dope content. The way we set it up kind of made it like a show. I made, yeah. like, whole, like, motion graphic treatment and, like, kind of bumpers Touch. in and out of it. Uh, trying to set it up to where I can even splice, like, ads in it. I've kind of done it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I've promoted other events, I've kind of spliced other ads from other things into yeah. it. 
cross pollinate. With it being, we don't charge for B Boutique. It's free. Yeah, yeah. So it started at the All Studio Space last year in October. So we're pulling up on October next month. That'll be the one year anniversary. So we did the first one in October. I left that space. Uh, I didn't have it in November. I left the space basically the end of October. So we came back and brought Beat Boutique to the new its new home where it currently is now. Soul Provisions Cafe, sixteen twenty nine Broadway, downtown Oakland. So Soul Provisions Cafe, and you know the building, the Cathedral Building, and that whole little second yeah, segment yeah, yeah. that block this between sixteenth, seventeenth, yeah, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Like Molcajete and Mountain Mike's Pizza and stuff. Well, no, it's a Telegraph. Telegraph and Broadway. Oh, it's on Telegraph and yeah. Broadway. Uh, Telegraph. Oh, okay. Broadway. Yeah. Telegraph and Broadway where you can walk through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So where you can walk straight through. through. Yeah. yeah. Dope. Where it's a, that narrow building. Oh, okay. So um, we moved B Boutique there in January. So we actually missed two months. But we're, it's still the year anniversary. Yeah, we're yeah. still treating it that way. So we're coming up on B Boutique 10. Shit, that's next week. Is it next week? It's coming up fast. And then Beat Boutique 11 would actually be, I feel like I'm missing something. But yeah, a year. Beat Boutique's dope, man. It, yep. it's, it's really cool. It's like people really get it in, write, and drop it. And it's just so hip-hop, man. It's so rugged. It's like the way we do it. We just hook up like one Mackie speaker and just throw a mic on it, XLR. Yep. It's cheap mic, mic stand, and just everybody takes turns. And then on the other channels, somebody just plugs in from whatever. We just take a little XLR. Uh, plug it into somebody's phone, computer, yep. whatever. Sometimes we'll set it up with a mixer. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Uh, some people have come there and played off of like a like a Roland or played off of their their device. Yeah. So it, it's dope. It's super rugged. It's super bare bones. I love it. Who are some people like when you just think of all the artists <laughs> that have been through? I know you can't name everybody, but like who are one or two that come to mind that came through and were cool um, beats or vocally or whatever. Man, we've been trying to get a few people. Oh, man. Uh, one of the dopest features we had, and it was dope because I didn't really know about him, uh, producer, vocalist, uh, Bosco. Have you heard of Bosco? Bosco? Yeah. Yeah. Bosco Conte. Bosco Electrospit. There's some guy man. called Bosco that's been on some E40 songs recently. Yes, that's that him. That's yeah. him. Dope. I think that's if we're talking about the same guy. He seems to be on like one track of EG40 album recently, and it's always like an old school throwback kind of thing. Yeah, he makes those kind of like those kind of slaps like like that. Yeah, yeah. Right now, he's working on a product called Electrospit, where it's like a a talk box, like the throwback to the talk box setup. But it's like a device. It's It's a wearable device. It's a hardware wearable device. Similar, it looks just like headphones would look, and it sits on your neck just like this. And as you talk through it, it like is radiating this signal, and then you can modulate it through the app. So if you yeah, go look at the Beat Boutique site right now, uh, one of the first pieces we put, Bosco comes through, and he basically does a product demo yeah. as one of his turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just bananas, dude. Like the whole way he's like, it's electro spit, yeah. And just, just uh-huh. modulating his voice. And he's like, no, this isn't auto tune, this is talk box style. So this is like talk box 2020. Yeah, that's you know what sick. I mean? That's so he's, he's getting a lot of looks. He, he just did some collab stuff with P-Lo, HBK. Uh, he was actually supposed to come to my studio on Tuesday, but then he was like, bro, I got sidetracked. I got a bunch of stuff going on. I'm going back to L.A. So he's back and forth out there. His Electro Spit piece, he's a unit right now. He's doing like a crowdfunding setup for it yeah. where you can invest. You invest. things like 500. He's been posting it on uh, 
Instagram, you get best like 500. You get an actual unit, but then you have that as like a stake oh, as a tight. company uh, blows up. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well, shit, I'm not doing anything musically like that, but I'm going to invest in it just because I like what he's doing. Yeah. And he's super cool, like super cool dude, super cool down to earth. So not to get too far into that, but Bosco, uh, he's on the low, but I mean, dude has like platinum plaques, like yeah. his production. So he's worked with like Bruno Mars, uh, Big Boy, uh, he just lists, he's just fired off. E40, obviously, he fired off a bunch of names. I was like, bro, this dude is lurking on the under, like doing a lot of big stuff, but super cool down to earth dude. And, you know, I I wish him the best and definitely want to rock with that. Uh, we've had Irk the Jerk, he pulled through, or Kevin Allen, he, you know, did his rebranding. Kevin, Kevin Allen pulled up. Uh, I don't know if you know Dame Drummer, he's come through, been trying to get Kev Choice. We've had Gina Madrid pop through, um, Voodoo Lion, you know, Voodoo Lion, yeah. super dope producer. He's like, he was actually on the first one, and he's come through. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other. How does it come through? How does it knows what it's supposed to That good. sounds like a super well-rounded. Yeah, no, because obviously we have featured producers every time, yeah, yeah. and then the featured writers. So we just want to like make it a look. Yeah, everybody just pops in, and up and comers, and then some people are just like people to veterans that come have come yeah. like back to back times, or some people come almost every month. Yeah, we have uh, Bacasso from Living it. Legends <laughs> on the next one on <laughs> September twentieth. So that's dope. So Mikey booked him of like Achilles. He was like, "We got Bosco as feature writer." So like, he's gonna right. play beats, or he's gonna write? no feature feature writer. Oh, dope. Yeah. So that would be dope. Bosco's yeah, the homie. Dude, the thing or, about Picasso, Picasso is, uh, is the homie like, too. He's like one of those rare like triple or like quadruple threats. Right. Like not only can he like rap, but he's also an ill DJ. Right. And uh, I know he doesn't really DJ anymore, yeah, but he's like he still got it. Right. He did a uh, he did an in store at your piece records one time. Uh, like dope. He was like, dude, I'm just gonna spin vinyl, see if I still got it. And he was just it was like he never stopped. Damn. That's dope. Yeah. Um, but he's also ill at painting and also right. ill at you know just he has the event space spirit house yeah. shout out spirit house yeah uh, spirit house gallery doing one it. of my favorite spots i love it got love all the pillars covered right it's nice having like an after hours jazz spot yeah you know like, shit, so, that's that's yeah, those right. actually go too late for me but yeah <laughs> all right. great nights at spirit house where the vibe is just beautiful yeah i've been there a couple of times yeah, yeah. it's like i've I've been there a handful of times, and usually it is on the late night tip for sure. But yeah. it's always like kind of thing you walk in, and you're like, "Oh, this is like the opposite of every other after hours place that you could possibly right. be." You know, you think everything about like like the end up or someplace like that. You know, and it's like, "Oh shit!" I walked in, and there's like a live band playing like soul jazz fusion. Yeah, this is fresh. There's like, <laughs> it's like, what time is it? Good good fuck? Yeah, yeah. And the sound actually yeah, sounds it's good. It's it's good. Good. Oh it's man, rarity. Yeah. yeah. Sound sounding good is nice. Sound sounding good is nice. It's too rare, but it is nice. And bars often don't cater to that notion. Well, it depends. Well, you know, I mean, it's set up for live sound. Did you say there was some bar that opened downtown in Oakland that was has those like listening booths or something like it, that? Not booths. It is a listening bar. It's cool. It's called Bar Sheer. What's the like concept oh, behind yeah. it? You said they're it's, uh, like it's modeled after like a style of bar that you see in Japan a lot. Um, which are like listening bars that are basically bars with really, really hi-fi stereo systems and great turntables. And the aesthetic of the bar is basically built around the curated record collection of the owner. And so people go to different bars because they're like, I like this guy's taste in music. And it's just a massive record collection and they kind of very carefully curate the you know, sonic environment in the bar. It's not the kind of place where people go and like, you know, 
get all crazy and shit. You go there and it's like a really good acoustic environment. And you sit and you listen to music. And uh, so they, they open, I have yet to go over there. I'm really intrigued by it. I keep kicking myself for having yeah, been there. You haven't even been there I haven't even been there yet. I walked oh, up man. the outside one time, but they were closing down. I, I also work in the service industry, so it's sometimes hard for me to get to other, to other bars and stuff, um, just timing-wise. But um, I've been really excited to go over there. They've got a great collection. We'll check them out on Instagram and stuff. And so they, they have different featured people come in and curate the music for the evening. Uh, which I think is also pretty fucking cool. So you but don't. It's not like a DJ set performance per se, but it's but like everyone in the spot is listening to the same. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so you're saying there's like original yeah, yeah. speakers. At yeah, all the they've designed areas they've designed the different acoustic zones. The whole thing is very intentional, with a nod towards the like listening environment and the acoustic structure of the room. Um, the speakers are, you know, like custom designed speakers or like really well made cabinets and there's multiple sets of them so it can be balanced between them. I know way too much about this fucking bar for having never yeah, been there, but what's the surely name? Like, what's the it's the intersection for me between being a service industry person and a recording engineer. Yeah. So <laughs> what did you say the name was on what time? Shiro. Barshiru. Barshiru. Yeah, Barshiru. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's right there, like right next to uh Cafe Van Cleef. Right. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yep, right next door. It's right across from, uh, right across from Soul Provisions Cafe, which is actually the home of the BBT. my office, my studio is right above it. Oh, so yeah, when dope. I look Very out cool. of my window, I'm looking right down at nice. Shiro. Which is interesting because uh, a couple of months back, I was a group I work with, Soul Development. I don't know if you've heard of Soul Development. Uh -huh. They uh, I did a little deal with them, and I went and shot their opener at the Fox Theater, hmm. opening for Black Star. Oh, okay. So I was on the, the only video crew there, and it was cool because after I shot their segment, he comes to me and he's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen if you just keep shooting because, you know, it's we got the green light for you to shoot us. So I just kept going. Yeah. So I was the only okay. crew, myself and another person, who shot that Black Star event. Dope. So I was still sitting on that footage. I'm actually about to edit you that. You filmed it? That. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, filmed, I got some mm. ridiculously dope footage. Got Dave Chappelle announcing them. So that was super dope. But fast forward to later that night, I go shoot that, go eat, come back. I'm at my uh, studio dumping the gear and dumping the footage and whatnot. And I look outside and I see Dave Chappelle smoking a cigarette walking down the street. And he's just kind of pacing outside in front. I'm like, what the hell? This is Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And um, he just has a white t-shirt on, just looking a hella regular ass dude. And um, then he goes in Shiru. Then he comes back out and he's smoking a cigarette. So then I was like, huh, well, because I know the owners of Shiro. Yeah. I met them before they even opened it. When I first met them, they were talking about opening it. Yeah. And then watched them open it. And just so happens that my studio ended up being like right across the street. Yeah. So I pop in there from time to time and say, what's up to them? So I go over and I'm like, hey. And then one of my other homegirls who works there, she's like, you want to come in? I was like, yeah. They're like, all right, hold on. So they basically shut the bar down mm. for Dave Chappelle and then come to find out most Def is in there too. Because obviously they were just at the Fox down the street. That's hilarious. So super cool. So then, uh, I think was this like last year? No, this is earlier this year. Oh, this yeah. is like in last year. I saw uh, the Mad Lib Medicine show tour in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and he brought out Mos and, and Dave Chappelle. Oh, were yeah, yeah. I know that was dope. Yeah, it was dope though. Because then we, we go in there, we're throwing back drinks and whatnot, and um, Dan, the co-owner of Bar Shiru him and his wife, and then I think there's some other owners too. He's playing music, and I'm Dan's right here, he's behind the whole setup, which is really dope, you gotta see it, because this whole setup is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And he has this wall with all these different record slots in it, these wooden like cases. Right. 
and one of the records on the wall is most deaf and it's just a picture of him on the cover yeah and just i wish i had it on video or a photo of it but it's like most deaf looking up at a picture of himself and it's just the whole scene of it was yeah. dope. and then at another point him and uh dave Chappelle just walking around looking at the records it was just it, the whole vibe of it was crazy and i'm just geeked because it's like i just came from that show yeah. uh some of my favorite like mcs you know what i mean just yeah. the whole it's black star dude it's like yeah. well i just shot this black star shit i just got the limited exclusive footage the whole situation backstage vip walking around just was chopping it up with them they're hella cool it was just an ill-ass experience so you brought up she i'm like ah that was dope yeah, yeah. place is place is pretty cool as far as i can tell yeah you definitely gotta so, check it out yeah been, i've been meaning to will soon for sure we'd get the time sure. it's always yeah. a crazy experience when like one thing or another leads you to be able to like witness a concert from a different angle than you would if you were just like bought a standard ticket and went because you like the band or whatever right. just like being able to like watch from the side or the stage or like right in front if you're like filming a show or whatever mm-hmm. um i like i filmed a few of the like when we were going around with deltron i filmed a few of those shows mm-hmm. just right from the fucking press pit and like just the the angle of like being that close to right. uh to a band with a huge crowd, you know, just seeing it yeah. from the other side. Right. It's like I've had the chance to see a couple of shows from that like vantage point, and it's just like a, it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah, no, it's weird I know to exactly see the crowd rather than to be right in the sea. It's an interesting, like almost like a mental feedback loop of, hey, I've been in the crowd right. watching the the, the and now performer. you can sort of see what it's like. You're kind of in the from, yeah middle of both like well you're right up on the performer you're still vibing with it but then you're still vibing with the crowd but then you're watching the crowd and the performer i totally know what you mean because it's like you're kind of working but you're watching it right to do your work right so it's like it's different than like being in the band or like you know being the sound guy like at this point now doing those kind of i've done so many different recap events it's just second nature to me now like i know my gear so good so i can it's pretty much do you like go to venues that you like to film shows at or shoot shows at or um i can't really say i mean it's kind of relative to who the artist or the promoter that or whatever and if i go somewhere i just want the lighting to be cool Mm -hmm. relative to the Mm -hmm. gear that's the real issue yeah i found that to be an issue in a couple of venues i'm not gonna try and like trash talk any local venues but basically some places like it's hard to get good pictures in certain places or good video um and also some places that hold decent decent sized crowds also have shitty sound oh well yeah, or sound, sound or yeah. sound people or like thereof which is yeah i feel like yeah, i feel like if they're not if, if so many places are not even considering what it sounds like they sure as fuck aren't considering what it looks like the, the lighting elements of it there's no stage lighting in most of these like venues or it's very limited mm-hmm. in terms of like small places have you guys been in band camp I have not been in there. I was supposed to walk in there to have a show the other day. The this guy was there the other night. It, oh, dude, I was fucking pissed show. about that shit, man. I got there like right when it ended, like oh. fifteen minutes before. But yeah, it was. It was sick, what was right? oh Fresh Friday show? Um, was Mind Design, Design was there, right? It was oh, Thursday, Design. like three weeks ago. Mind Design was doing like oh, a free show, so Since like he played out with the independent. Yeah, thing? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely dope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fucking Joe introduced me to him. Fucking Joe knows a lot of people, man. I swear to yeah. God. That, that, that's yeah, just yeah. crazy. You know, he used to live with um, Devin Who. Oh, wow. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. 
like Bandcamp, I shot in there. I brought that up because I shot in there again. That was with uh, Soul Development, uh-huh. and uh, I feel like I shot in there twice. But I shot that, and they had a performance. It was dope, and it's like it looks dope. The stage is cool. Yeah, no, it's a very um, cleanly designed space. But it is tricky because they have like these. Um, I'm trying to say fluorescent lighting that moves behind them, but then it like has this flicker rate. So if you try to shoot slow mo, just mm-hmm. super, you know, nerd shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's still kind of dark because it's mm-hmm. they're backlit you know what i mean there's no spotlights hitting them from the front right it looks cool in there like just to the human eye but trying to pick it up on a camera then you're dealing with you know like how fast your lenses are just that sort of thing so from like a technical standpoint it's something like, uh, that like i feel like if like most people probably would have never even thought about that shit because like i've i've shot like a show at the Fillmore one time and then just like looking back at it just like what you say with like they're, they're not being like most venues aren't like casting light upon the stage they just have like whatever you know little glitzy lights they got going on yeah. um, but I feel like a well lit venue it really adds to the vibe of a, of a show definitely definitely um, I'm even thinking there's times where I was talking to Picasso about that like at Spirit House like turn the lights up a little bit Cause there's times where I, I went in there and shoot. That. Yeah, I'm like, turn the lights up a little bit because I'm shooting and it'll reflect in the video I'll shoot. And it still gives a cool kind of vibe. So it's kind of like, I know some people want that mood. They want but it that has dimmer. like the speakeasy vibe, yeah. the after hours thing when it's I mean, dimly like right. lit. I mean, there are ways even to like effectively light that kind of situation, but it's just- Or maybe just like light the stage area the a little bit yeah. better. Right. Like that's something you design into the space. Right. You know? Otherwise, you just gotta like make it brighter. Yeah, there's ways. There's definitely ways to do it. Because even myself, like as I've got into doing more video, getting my own like lights, like you know aperture right. type setups, and uh-huh. just thinking of like light diffusion. So it's kind of like you can right. still have it dim, but you can still right. be able to light a subject, keep it diffused to where it's not some harsh lights. Right. It's not distracting to the so the mood you're trying to make, yeah. Yeah, but then it's still functional for filming it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And it's like the space can be a little bit brighter if the, you know, like color palette of the lights is Bingo. more, you know, direct towards the mood you're trying to create. Exactly. Right. And it's like you if you give them some nice warm lights, it's gonna feel a little bit dimmer. Thing. Right. Exactly. You know? It's like yeah, and then diffuse it out so it's not like direct spotlights, people still get the vibe. But yeah, I mean that's a whole like consideration from right. the get go, you know. Like, no, like Spirit House actually I've been able to work with him and pull that off. Obviously, it's a more controlled environment, and Picasso just knows what's up. You can actually talk to him like that. Yeah. Like with the Bandcamp situation, I didn't really have it to where I'd be like, hey. Right. Plus, yeah, I don't think it's just built in like that to where right. there's. It was lit, but it's like, eh. And I only bring that up because we were talking about soul development earlier, but I just finished this edit for this for this thing I made, like this mm-hmm. whole like little mini documentary thing, because they did like this speaker discussion on yeah. uh, gun violence, and then they did their show. Okay. So with the recap video piece I put together for it, I like spliced in and cut relative to certain things they're saying in the song, I would cut away and then put something like a talking point that somebody put during the, the speaking discussion they had. Mm-hmm. So I just built that whole piece and it was like, it was a fun piece to do, but it was like tedious in the sense that I really wanted to craft it and curate it. Mm-hmm. But just the challenges of the lighting, I was like, man, I wish this was brighter, I wish this was brighter, because I'm just always picking apart everything I do. Yeah. But all in all, dope piece, the way it's set up. And it looks dope in Bandcamp, so if you guys go see a performance there, you'll, you'll see it yeah. looks tight. But I'm just thinking of it, like you said, from the standpoint of somebody filming it, the technical elements like that. The average person is not thinking of that at all. Right. Yeah. 
it's interesting to think about things just from like I don't know, or be able to to be able to see things from different viewpoints than than usual. Man, the way it is now, even like like you said, wearing so many hats. When I think of how an environment looks for an event, how it's curated, the promotion for it, like even the the art, like a flyer, flyer art, yeah, or album covers, pretty much anything visual, anything I've ever touched on doing in my sort of hip hop career, so to speak, or video career or whatever. Because it's like the video kind of motion graphic stuff I do now is just like a spin off from that. Right. Even the whole grind about how I get work and just kind of you know, network it, it's all coming from that. Just get out there and grind grind mentality. But it's like doing motion graphic stuff. I'm watching commercials. Like when I go to the gym, because I don't really watch TV at home, but I go to the gym and they're playing stuff. I'm looking at the commercials like, it's kind of interesting. And I'm picking apart the movements, the way they do motion graphics. It makes it kind of hard to just stand back and appreciate it. I remember my first day going to an engineering class they, they sat us down and was at like, I don't know, like San Francisco State College of Extended Learning, right? I was like, let me see what this audio engineering thing is about. A buddy of mine was like, I think you'd be good at this. Look, come on, let's go together. I was like, all right. It's like a decade ago. And uh, I remember going in the first class, the teacher was like, all right, how many of you are here because you really love music? You like really love listening to music and you think that this would be a cool career where you're just gonna get to listen to a lot of music. And like about half the class raises their hand, person's like, all right, the majority of you guys should probably leave because once you get through even a couple of these classes, you're not going to listen in the same way. You're never going to be able to go back to really listening in that way. You're never going to be able to listen to a song without picking apart the kick drum and the yeah. frequency distribution of the bass. What's wrong like, with it? That's just always going to be going in the back of your head. And there's not really any going back. Unless you open that door, you can't really ever appreciate so, music. It's a different type of appreciation. It's the same for but, learning film, though, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, well, right. So that's what we're saying. It's like, I think with, with any of the like technical technical things like that, you know, and I will say, next class, maybe not all of that half of the class was gone, but a good chunk of them were. And it was probably a good call for them, because I remember the moment at which I like stopped being able to listen to music in the same way. And I had to actually take like a break from listening t- to music for enjoyment, because it was just too much. Um, for you know, like a couple months, and then like get get back into it, like really figure out how to how to like have that enjoyment again. But um, yeah, shit, like kind of ruin, kind of ruins it. Right. <laughs> it kind of ruins it, you know. Like, frankly, it yeah. does it away. Like you yeah. have a whole different type of appreciation, but you never get back right. to like. Oh man, like, yeah, it sounds cool. I really time. like this, but damn, the way they did that kick yeah. or it's too low. If yeah. they would have brought yeah. that up. Or, yeah. yeah, that vocal should be tucked behind that a little yeah. bit more. I find myself, like, listening back to songs that I loved when mm-hmm. I was younger. You know, like, classic years. summer jams. Like, man, or, like, this sounds this like garbage. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. The other day, I don't, I don't even remember what song it was. It was a Shakira song. It was a Shakira song uh, from, like, back, I don't know. It was one of those, like, you know, early 2000s summer jam Shakira tunes. And I was, like, listening to it, and I was like, man, this is not well mixed like i did not enjoy this at all and i can't even like have the like mindless head bob driving in the car thing because i'm just like man her vocal is way too loud you know like what the hell all right um speaking all the time all the time so some might argue that a shakira song is not not well mixed um but to each their own and these days especially there's uh a lot of like i guess like varying like uh 
like quality according to a, a trained and seasoned studio engineer used to be of very high importance. Oh, nobody gives a shit about that now. That people are their own publishers to the internet and stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just like getting off on music that doesn't necessarily sound very polished. Uh, so well, the average expectation of quality has gone down dramatically <laughs> and it's like due to a whole bunch of factors though so speaking to that how do you like select people for uh the beat boutique oh god <laughs> i mean i'm not a big stickler on mixes per se i mean if your mixes sound relatively dope then great that's a bonus for you i want it the, the idea of it is because me and black achilles basically try to pick like when we're doing four producers, yeah. Then he picks two, I picks two, yeah. Or you know, within reason, yeah. And just kind of you know, what's who's available and how fast we can lock them in, and then we just leave the featured writers pretty much open ended, yeah, yeah. But we reeled it into three, but for the most part, it's just kind of like, if I hear somebody or somebody I know, I'm like, dude, come to be able to yeah, like yeah. come play because I already know it's just dope, yeah. But then there's a lot of people who are showing interest in it, you know, the whole beat scene and production scene. Everybody thinks they can make beats now. Everybody just downloaded Ableton or Ableton mm. Reason or whatever. <laughs> And just like the whole DJ scene, everybody's it's a weird. DJ. A lot of stuff sounds like boo boo, but then it's got like it's got certain elements that are like, oh, this is a, like in line with what's hot. But mm, that don't and there's no like there's yeah. <laughs> I get so much heat for that shit, bro. Because I'm a, a real hip hop music. Are you enthusiast. with Are you with the current sound? Kind of like when you're by yourself and there's nobody else's like opinion or whatever. When you're just listening to your headphones walking down the street, like what are you listening to? Contemporary I'm still rap, so much hip-hop. like more old school to. I mean, even stuff now is gonna be more experimental. Like, have you ever Steve Spacek? Yeah, he did stuff with Dilla, but he dropped a project recently. So I'm like on that wave. I'm, yeah, right, I'm, right, right. I need more okay. like I like hip hop influence, but yeah. I like more soul to it. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And if somebody's rapping, I mean, come from somebody who rapped and was always a stickler about writing in bars. I'm almost like, dude, I've, I'm, I could easily do without somebody right. rapping. At right, this point. right, 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 right. It's got to be real, real, real good. But as far as with the beats, bro, I'm like, no, I, I got to feel that shit. And just hearing the same like 808s over and over. <laughs> 808, 808. I've been hearing 808 shit growing right. up in a barrier since, you know, Too Short doing shit when, you know, 808s, 909s. Right. That's when pretty much all they had. When a lot of cats on the West Coast weren't doing like super duper sample based stuff because that was more of a New York thing. Just understanding that whole yeah, history yeah. of it. Like, dude, I'm 41 years old. Like, I grew up with this stuff and have older brothers and cousins that even had me laced in the game. Yeah. So, you know, as far as a West Coast dude could be, dude, I grew like, up with this <laughs> stuff. So as I'm seeing a progression of yeah. it, I'm like, dude, it's regressing. It's going downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, various styles, certain flows sound just like the same stuff people were doing. North Bay, 90s same cadences oh yeah for sure. uh trap wave that whole thing like everybody sounds the same i'm like where's the progression you think about that relative yeah. to hip-hop culture cultural elements one of the most impactful cultural elements ever known to humanity is being shitted on by people who just don't want to be original because they don't want to have delayed gratification to actually learn a skill. Well, I feel like just the accessibility that everyone can make the shit in their sure. bedroom or whatever, sure. and like a lot it's of people easy. are just trying to like. Uh, commitment to different there it is. But most yeah. people only hear the like top ten or twenty songs on the radio or whatever the fucking oh, like 
I love rap playlist on Spotify or like you know what I mean most sure. people aren't really like digging too deep or whatever and then so like out of those people people that think oh I could do this well, that's and they like, get their programs or whatever have a high and they're doing but, but they're it. doing a shitty job at recreating the like well, because so there, there are like there, there are samples from samples and from then samples flooded from samples. with like you know what I mean? Like I can't hate when like when like Jay Z and Beyonce and Migos get together and they're like, hey, let's make a catchy pop song. that's gonna be the single from this very big project. They do a good job, and I like it, and it makes me want to dance, and it's nice to my ears and stuff like that. But it's just like it's gotta be well done. And I just feel like the bar is. Well, it's I mean, like a cesspool of garbage right now. I find it really hard to like <laughs> discover new music. Yeah, I think there's good. Sh- I mean, that's not to say that there's not good shit happening. But yeah, it is just much harder to find the stuff. And it, and there and I will say like uh, actually Hamza and I had had the discussion about this the other day. It's like I'm kind of come from the same place where it's like I, I came up as a jazz musician I you know like a band guy an instrumentalist so the most of the music that I make is much more towards that side of thing like that and like the more hip hoppy stuff right I've been trying to like expand horizons and I was you know erroneously making the case I was like you know I just don't want to I'm not going to make no trappy bullshit like I'm just not going to do it I'm sorry I just said I don't care I don't want to do it. I'm not going to be. A t- I'm not going to make no tight beats. And then this fool was like, "You dumbass." There's plenty of contemporary music that's popular and has a high degree of musicality, and still like, is something that you know, like, is not obstinately, uh, you know, in the past. I'm like, all right. So and he played me some stuff, and I have to concede that there are people out there who are doing really interesting shit that are within genres of music that I would definitely have uh, have written off. But, the, but... I'd be curious to hear what that was. What yeah, you yeah, heard. Yeah, 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 definitely. People always um, could say that I'm hating on something. Yeah. I'm like... No, no, I don't think that. Because here's the but. I hear something. Yeah, well, here, well, here's the but. The but is that I had never heard of these people because there's so much garbage out there mm-hmm. on the internet that claims to be within the same sphere of hip hop or rap, trap, whatever you want to call it, that it's like it's become so hard to filter out people that are really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's just like the, there's no filter. There's no filter to any of it. So it's like, well, I'm glad to have like found some new people that maybe changed a little bit of my perception about where the where some of the culture is at. Uh, it also is like really saddening that you know it's like so hard to fucking find that shit right. amidst all of the like ocean of type beats and uh, type beats. you know <laughs> yeah type beats aka I'm intentionally trying to be unoriginal yes, yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like people are chasing a sound though yeah sure like why not I can be hot too I, I I don't care about knowing the history of such a craft such an art I don't care about art. I just care about feeling like I've accomplished something that mirrors somebody else's success right. because I'm not really, I don't really have any depth within myself. First of all, I want to just latch on to something. I see what they're doing. I see how they look. I see how they deliver. I can do that. And of course you can do yeah, that because it's easy shit. I think it's like it's a lot of the mindset. Like, I can do so that. So let me copy this person's image, this person's sound. Let me go get this type beat. Let me do this, and then I'm I'm hot just like them. Yeah, but that is nowhere near the concept of true artistry, true soul, true originality. Yeah. Is nowhere near hip hop. It totally destroys culture when you do that. The whole concept of culture 
is about it developing based on particular groups, certain backgrounds, and it actually being achieving something actually beneficial. I feel like people don't really even have an eye to hip hop as a culture anymore, or yeah, at least not on the I mean, broad scale. You know, it's like yeah. hip hop as a music. Sure, yeah, that's like maybe this big water down. It's like I have often said to people, you know, in the past that I feel like a lot of the stuff that's coming out is an active degradation to both the music and the culture. Right. And it feels like the culture has just been left behind or so warped and twisted that it's really not. It's just really not what it used to be. It's certainly not like what I grew up around in Oakland. You know, and it's like. Like it's yeah, it's 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 a consumerist culture, and you gotta right, be selling something. Content. And well, a lot of these dudes are like fucking McDonald's, man. Like yeah. you know, like and like it doesn't mean like you know that like it's not you know, tasty once in a while. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's that, but like there's also you gotta like define like what you want out of like your artistry. Right. Like you know, I mean, if you do just want to like just put it out to the world. And like you know just let it do what it does you know like that's one thing if you do want to learn how to make it into a commodity that you could use as like a trade you know that's another thing too but you know like I think more than anything we just like gotta not be like you know like call trash trash you know but like yeah. you gotta be fucking open minded and not like you know so like to where like you know, like, hey, there's a musical way that you can incorporate 808s into a track that could possibly give it, like, a balance that totally hasn't, like, been built on yet, you I know? I feel like a lot of... And, like, you can't be, you can't be, like, fucking... Uh, this is the only formula or exactly. recipe. Exactly. I don't like a lot of good, out because good. people suck at using them. Yes. No, and, you, you know, the internet's a motherfucker, you know? And like, a dash of that. Well, now and it sounds like we're talking about being original and creative again. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. see, and there, and there it is, right. But I, will, but I think it's funny, though, because I, I was, like, recently, like, kind of looking into, like, you know, like, what happened, like, with, on the type beat thing. And it's, like, it was, interestingly enough, originally came about as a really clever way for producers to market by beating the YouTube algorithms, right? Like, mm number of years ago, the YouTube algorithms were so specifically keyed in on people's like suggestions and stuff like that, that producers found that if they made their own music, fully original, their own shit, and then they labeled it by essentially meta-tagging in famous artists' names, that the way that the YouTube search algorithm would take that and behave with it would show their music to way, way, way more people. So you had this whole wave of producers who achieved success. Some of them good, some of them not good. Um, and then it, that just kind of became the de facto method. And I think a lot of new producers coming on saw that, did not understand that this was meant to be purely a like literal algorithmic marketing tool and not a statement on the music, yeah. are like, oh, I can make tight beats too. And then they go to those artists that this person was like referencing or whatever, like, oh, who might sound dope on this track or whatever. And then they're like, okay, I'm gonna listen to their music and now I'm gonna recreate. And so now has been disseminated this whole wow. like generation copycat of, of copycat yeah. producers. And I don't think that's what it was originally meant to be. Wow. But um, and I, I thought that was really fascinating. It's yeah. like, oh, I get it. You know, it's like people trying to do whatever they can to survive in the like wild west of the internet. But then that like un inadvertently breeds an entire like destructive that force. You know, the yeah, and, and creates even yeah, more yeah. of a problem than exactly. what you had in the first place. Exactly. Wow. Fix one thing, and right. then people are just going to take something. People who don't really have any depth 
are is going to take something beautiful and destroy it because they're going to try to weaponize it for either personal ego gain or financial gain. And where I come from, that's called selling out. But just the whole wherewithal of how the system for music operates is just like so different since the advent of smartphones that like you know what I mean Uh, I feel like okay all bands probably at all times wanted the most visibility or whatever you save selling out to some major corporate brand or whatever but like it, it was just like I feel like sometimes even as a music lover when I was young like some shit being like not widely known was like special and like you had to mm. find some band right. and discover that shit and then like you know it was a uh, like I feel like you could like sort of like watch a band develop almost over time and it wasn't too much to overtake and it was special when they came around right. and it was special when their fucking That's like art, email man. newsletter came once, once every three months That's they would send out an email and that was it and then like maybe they had a MySpace page once that came out that was the beginning of it all right crumbling that's dope like, like even really Napster was kind of like the record store experience because there wasn't really everything you never know what was going to be there right. you were trying to like it was almost kind of like trading like 12 inches or some shit back right there. but uh yeah I just feel like it's just like a totally different experience now that just like everywhere you go is almost an, an ad for it's all very distilled down check out my piece of entertainment or whatever every single day sometimes multiple like, times a day sure it's just it's just like the the like content it's just a constant way of content because everyone content, has to be making content, content all content, the time or like the only you, time. Stay, you can only stay relevant if you're making content all the time it sucks um, but like you didn't know what the person had to say unless you like went to the concert and they said something between songs right there's, like a mis- there's some mystery it's yeah, yeah. Or no, a mystery factor I'm starting to figure now later in life that that was a huge part of like a lot of the artists that I well, I think it's. Uh, I think that's an interesting question because, like, all right, I'll pose a question to you. Someone like, say, like Bob Dylan, right? Someone who's notoriously not a very like public person. Do you think that he could get famous now, in the current like marketplace with the internet, with Instagram, with something like that? Well, they well it depends. Someone you know, like, I think of him as someone who's focused on raw artistry with zero fucks given about the like no. You know, not from ground zero, not but if you zero. put a team yeah. around yeah. him. No, but that's what I mean. Just as an artist, yeah. up and coming. Well, you know, hold like, on. We're now not, that we're in the age of people aren't really We're not discovered. addressing the main elephant in the room on all of this. And I have discussions about all this stuff from events to music to how all this stuff plays out all the way down to street level shit. The bottom line is this. There are certain mainstream media handlers, certain labels, certain folks, the t- people who own multiple companies who are essentially saying this is the wave. This is yeah. what's going to get heard more. Mm. This is what's going to be hot. Yeah. <coughs> the, people that, the people who control that. The people who control that. What? So we're talking. The people who discovered so many of the Atlanta wave trap type folks and then found, miraculously discovered people who are so similar that they're basically the same person. Yeah, like I talk about that with people and I'm like, you think that's by accident? I'm like, no, that's what the streets want. I'm like, that's manufactured. So no, Bob Dylan would not blow up now. Unless uh, that was this dude, it's all social conditioning at this point. So the guy that curated rap caviar now is the head of programming at BET. Audio I think the, curated the taste of all that, the I taste the, of this generation, and then went on. The yeah, video this, I mean the Spotify the, the Spotify curated mm-hmm. playlists like play such a huge role in like 
the life of a musician now or like the potential yeah, monopolization of accessibility right? that's all so it is it's like but how do you do you think that that differs really wildly from like a and r departments in the past or payola systems on the radio no it's just on super steroids now yeah, because of the internet much larger level. that's all it is yeah, yeah. but so at this point now there there's a whole element i mean just think of it this way this is the discussion you guys might even, or not even want to like this direction, but think of it this way, and this is how I relate it. When I relate hip hop, music, American music, I think a lot about black folks. Yeah. And that's my genetic lineage. That's people I've yeah. grown yeah. and known. I've watched a whole lot of struggling based on poverty, based on the history of this country. And I understand now the lack of black wealth. Relating that to cultural elements, music, music, things that have blown up and made yeah. billions of dollars and to see my people still struggling and yeah. having a lack of wealth that lack of wealth putting my people in a position to be pinned down to be shot by police to not have any lobbying power mm-hmm. to vastly overpopulate the prison system all of these things being further weaponized it makes perfect sense that people could commandeer the very music and cultural elements Absolutely. and weaponize it against those people to keep them further pinned down. Yeah. That's exactly what we're experiencing Absolutely. right now. There's no way around it. So to me, when I talk about culture, when I talk about it relative in that sense, cultural elements, for the most part, devised by people of my similar genetic lineage have been weaponized against my very people. Absolutely. And the fucked up part is a lot of my people don't care because they're entertained by it and just are clueless about musical it. That's what's going on here. Have you seen, there's this like conspiracy, I'm not sure if it's real or not, but it's this like letter that circulated on the internet a little while back that was like from the ni- the early 90s and it was like a bunch of like, uh, like video, like TV and like record label companies and uh, like in discussion with like a private prison company hmm. conspiring sure. to promote. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I know exactly. I mean, it's, so, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's so blatant. It's like it's, it's so like the like notes of this like, like meeting or some it, shit, and it's like unbelievably mind blowing. If you just like you know type in like private way. prison hip hop conspiracy on the internet, you could probably find it. But it's just like mind, mind blowing that it would be planned out that like we're gonna take away the like public enemy and like. Yeah, I don't think that that's I don't think that that's that mind blowing honestly because it's, it's like it's like the weaponization of music and culture and. Is is such a like classic move? I mean, you can be surprised that they take it away because it's harder to sell that. No, but I mean, but but, like you can tie that in to sell love or gunshot. But you can can tie that in even more concepts, but like. It's an extension. Well, that's not that's not like, the movie like industry. Yeah. There's an inherent wantingness for the bad guys to kind of win. You crazy. tap into that dark nature of humanity. You tap into people who are already impoverished. And if you can glamorize acts that come from poverty, embed that in the music, embed that. Like, Men's Society comes out. When that movie came out, a lot of crime escalated. Yeah. When Boys in Hood came out, a lot of crime went up. A lot of people gravitated to this yeah. more yeah. hood-type, Boys in Hood-type shit. You know what I mean? Like, they get that it's a weird sort of backwards offset to it. So they're like, let's flood the market with more thuggery. And oddly enough, more younger folks are gravitating to more thuggery. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's- When I don't think that that was, that wasn't what it was about the first time those movies were made. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. That was the first time they were really depicting the realistic- That's not what they were trying to do, but it had that inverse effect. And once, think about it. If there are people who are saying, well, shit, we're gonna make a ton of money off this. We don't really care about these people. Yeah. So we realize it has this inverse effect. So let's pump out more of that. And then sure, on the back end of it, 
let's talk to our prison uh private prison buddies and let's invest with them so we pump this out and on the back end we're filling the prisons we're winning on both ends you're talking about destabilizing the community in the process Oh, that's interesting because that sounds similar to like the whole crack thing, labor. right? Yeah, that's what I said. It's a, music, it's a musical crack epidemic. It's a yeah, media, yeah, yeah, he said earlier. It's a media crack epidemic. And we it's know, and we know, we know that. Do we from. think this government would? deal in crack and put crack in How certain inner yes. cities many stories where you're just like so jaws i have like, I, mean, wait, it's, I feel like that's just like common knowledge this i point, have these right? discussions about music yeah. with dudes who claim to be hardcore street dudes mm-hmm. and will say yeah the white man put crack in the hood and i'm like dude do you understand that trap music this whole wave is the whole way it's being pushed regardless of how it started their base it's the new dope it's all it's the same thing it's all just yeah. but they refuse to hear it though which, which that's a really because it's, really it's entertaining it's a that's a really interesting like, comparison too though because if you look at like say the development of drug policy okay over like the course of american history um you see this like pattern where drugs as they've been scheduled to different levels of being legal um are generally targeted at specific cultural oh, communities yeah. right oh, yeah. you look at when they decided to take opium and turn it into a huge criminal thing and put forth all of this media exposure about the the ill effects of opium right and that was like directly targeted at the chinese communities that oh, right. were building up at the time right you look at like marijuana right against black people in the, in the early right. 1900s you know it's like all of these things and then you know, and then you look at the crack, crack epidemic, right? It's like that's a little a little bit different and maybe even a little more nefarious. But um, and this just feels like kind of the next extension of that. There's not there's not like new drugs to criminalize and use to control people and use to criminalize communities. So you can like destabilize and alter the community on a fundamental level through this feedback loop. Um, and it's uh, honestly, I, it's like it's it's frightening. It's it's, it's, it's also it's, it's, weird it's once you throw the social work. media into the mix. We're right. literally talking about social conditioning, right? right. And when you talk about social media and the accessibility on these little supercomputers you're walking around with, on the supercomputer, whoa, supercomputer right. in your pocket Amplified where you can access anything anywhere, and then it's a bunch of just right. But the corporate overlord kind of controls to a certain degree what's popping up on your absolutely screen, you know I mean? algorithms. So, are you kidding me? AI right. systems, like, dude, we live in Silicon Valley. It's the barrier. There's yeah. people who are programming things that on the slick. Can totally well, I mean, leverage. Well, I mean, there's there's development for good to. things. I mean, there's development for bad things. Got called out for running an experiment where they altered. They had a, an artificial intelligence that analyzed posts and decided whether they were of positive emotion or negative emotion, and then they tested out flooding people's posts with negative emotion posts and found that when they flooded people's feeds with posts that their artificial intelligence had deemed negative in nature, the person had an inclination to then themselves start creating more negative content, right? And it's like, that's a real fucked up social experiment to do on people because you're literally tampering with people's, you know, emotional well-being and stuff. And it was definitely not like a ethical thing for them to do and they ultimately did get called out of for it in the like massive storm of all the Facebook shit, but it's also not something people really are talking the about. Implications me, of the that. implications of that are huge. I mean, it's huge, and to think that they're the only people who are doing that, and that that's the only time they've ever done it. I mean, you think about how much of people's like intake of information is curated, 
yeah. right? Whether it's the music, like we were talking about earlier, whether or it's social media, whether it's news. content from your own friends being filtered and fed back to you right. in a way that accomplishes certain goals. Right. right. It's like it is social conditioning on the most literal and deepest level that exists, and it scary. also is just happening. And it's but everybody's like, it's, volunteering, right? And that's it. that's the scary part of it is it is completely voluntary. Sort of. Oh, it's not completely voluntary because there is some element of interaction that you have to have with the internet and with those outlets in order to kind of like get by on a day-to-day -day world. You certainly couldn't really be a musician and try right. and make any headway in your career without engaging in social media. Right. It's not really any way around that. It's a lock. Yeah. Anything entertainment related, gotta be. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there, there is no alternative. Like it's just like you can't sell CDs on the corner out of your right. truck. You can't go hand out flyers by hand. People it's getting so like Imagine a movie coming out and there's only billboards. Oh, God. And television ads? No. no one would know about it. No. No. It, it, so many things constantly bombarding you. Uh, yeah. Pop-ups, trailers, no this no clip, behind the scenes, It would stand a chance. Clip. Like I'm, I'm less concerned version. about the privacy stuff that everyone is giving a shit about on the internet and way more concerned with like the this element of like the curated nature of yeah, exposure. Yeah, that's way more like, dangerous. privacy, I feel like that's a kind of implicit understanding that you enter into in using the services is that I, as far as I feel is like if you're going to go be on a public forum and do the stuff, there is a limited expectation of privacy. Certainly there are lines that have been crossed, but it's like that is one thing. But the fact that the fundamental like ability to control right. the entire like population and people's moods in and such a low key other, way, it is. Yeah, and it's really in charge. And it's not really. So, I mean, people are talking about it for sure, but it's not been the focus. But no, here's the you know? that, that that's scary on so many levels. But then when you really see it in a feedback loop sort of way, hence the discussion I was having before, I can have these discussions with people who are like, nobody can play me like that, nobody can hustle me like that. Right. And what I say? You're being hustled every day. Like, you're being manipulated in such a way where you don't even realize it, so you actually yeah. have an ego, emotional attachment to it to where when somebody tells you you're being tricked, you're like, no. You defend it. I'm like, you have, you defend it. You defend it. the system. That's you don't want to bad. feel like a sucker for having you lost take to the that? system. It's ego, it's pride. You know? Man, there are some people who tell you, well, that's what the streets want. I'm like, part of the streets is not getting played like a sucker. Like, yeah. like you don't even realize like yeah. you're going against rule number one. These people are feeding you a bunch of bullshit and you're latching on to that. you getting played. Like, what part of the game is that? Yeah. But I still say... We're basically at 2020 now. Extrapolate that out. What we're dealing with now, the whole thing you just broke down with that Facebook thing. Yeah. Let's see how that's rocking five years off from now. Let's see where the average consciousness of the average American and how that impacts it's the rest of the world real, is. Real, real. It's about to get <laughs> real, real, real. real. Everything is just everything is about such a superficial kind of thing about how you look, just your vibe. When I start hearing people say, "Yeah, well, it's just the vibe," I'm like, "Whoa!" So it's just this intangible thing that's not rooted in any actual skill level, any type of form of discipline, uh -huh. any type of true awareness. I'm just about my vibe. I'm about just being lit. I'm just about just being turned up. Right. Holy Wait, shit! What? what the Extrapolate that, that out ten years from like now. You're lobotomizing what people. Is that? Whoa, where's the depth? What are you actually about? Tell me what you're actually about. What, what's like, going on? Tell me something. This is the result of brainwashing experiments. You know, I like, look at this. Like, oh, no, we don't have to just like put people in a dark room and flashlights at them and brainwash them. We'll just slow play it, and we'll have them in 50 Hey, they say that you put the frog in the water and turn up the heat slow, right. Right. and it'll just boil itself to death. Right. Hmm. True. 
Hey, but it's lit though. It's turned out. We have fun though. Whatever you you put that in a pot with a bunch of people who are already pinned down. The average American is living check to check. Yeah. So you throw that type of stuff in the mix. The idea of wanting to not face the reality of what's going on or not care about or it, not care, just the apathy apathy type level. Yeah. We got we got an interesting. Yeah. We got a beautiful world on the way. Oh, it's it's interesting. I mean, you do see that too with like especially. You know, it's like, I'm not that old, but like I see in the generation, you know, just below me, like the, the extreme apathy and the like, the, the prevalence of the just like glorification of the don't give a fuck about anything attitude Man. Hey, is like, you know, I'm talking I get about it. Your, but, your boys was told, you know, got at me because I made a statement and it was like, I, I don't care. We savages out here. You just an old head. Da 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 da. And I was like, whoa, bro. <laughs> Hold on. So that 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 really just kind of let me know, like, it's a wrap. Well, hey, no, I mean, I would say, you know, don't, you know, count out the young generation to think that the young generation's stupid. I think the young generation is misunderstood. Jaded. Well, yeah, it's misunderstood, and it's you know, like, I don't think it's, and I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's even necessarily just our generation, you know? No, like, it's every I think generation. there's been like, what, like fucking the it 80s, was man? There was hella shit music in the fucking 80s. There was fucking like, there's always been like fucking like this like shit, you know? Like, and just like see, it's, it's. Maybe it's just that the internet make, puts it everything way more in your face and the level of exposure to yeah. what other people yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're really talking, if we're really talking about like fair. apathy and like people who have like done wrong in the situations yeah. like, or that well, like have like brought us, have brought wrong. us to this place, like, I think like, you know, what it is is like you have to blame like the fucking older generations like baby yeah, boomers no, not, and like you know saying, like we didn't fucking like I'm create not this that world people are at fault you know for feeling that way i think that it's something that has been created for that yeah it's and there's a there's a lot of and, i see that is really really prevalent the younger people that i meet the more prevalent the idea of like having given up or just like fuck it there's nothing i can do powerless feeling just seems to be getting more and more and more right. out there and more constant and that's across all generations and, and part of that is just that it's much easier to see and that yeah and it's like i'm not saying that that's the fault of the younger generation in fact i agree with you i think it's just the opposite that i think the fucking younger generation realizes like how shitty like this fucking world is that doesn't have a future and like that's why like people are fucking like people are wilding and like yeah. that's like i think you know like i don't think that that's necessarily you know like yeah it is crippling to some people i don't think that all young people are fucking are on that wave though and i think that there's you know like yeah even it like with like the internet with all of these things i don't think that anybody's just like prophetically perfect either you know of course not. and like i think finding like commonality and at least like you know, like, not, like, downing things, you know, or, like, being, like, or, like, completely, like, fucking discounting, like, or disregarding, like, a certain, like, genre of music or a certain, like, way of life that you don't quite understand is the way to, like, get to actual progress and get to actual, like, 
an actual understanding between younger and older generations right. because all these problems in the world that you know are about to fucking happen global warming fucking famine starvation all of this shit is gonna happen to all of us and like you know ultimately like ultimately you know like this consumerist fucking culture is like it is what it is today because like continuously generation to generation it's built to that you know yeah and like the the worship of money like was yeah. not like Capitalism created you know problem. yesterday it was not like made from like fucking like well, facebook you know like this shit's it's like we're just at a time that like you know like globalization is fucking real and like there's some evil motherfuckers in power who Bingo. are fucking trying to take that for themselves Bingo. You know, I agree. And like, I I'm just the not gonna use like there. any like fucking, you know. And I apologize for you know like my friends bullshit. You know, I hope you know like I wasn't like ever no. trying to get at you. Any no, type you already of way. saw. Like even when you, you know? hit me with that, you saw how I talked with you. I was like, bro, I like what you're doing. Like, and as you hear what I'm saying right now, I'm sure you can say like what I'm saying about music, about culture, how it relates. It's very thought out. And especially with me, I'm always going to look at that first and foremost through the lens of how is it affecting people of my lineage in that struggle. No, I mean, I, you know that's I mean? completely understandable. I think, though, you know, like the way to actually like gain like some progress with it is like, so look, you know, like there needs to be like more inclusivity in just like how like. It can't just be like black and white, you know. Just because this dude makes yeah, yeah, like yeah. trap shit, like doesn't mean like that. Like he's talking about ignorant shit, what or like there's not like musicality with it, you know. What like, about when they are? I mean, you know, like not, not like not your not your homie well, specifically. That's a I fucking. Mean, in, that's I mean, a really Robert, that's a really fine you know? line because like I, guys who I, I think, like otherwise, and then I hear them rap. It is. And I'm I think. Like, I, I think. Look, can't, look. I, can't I think you should. You I think you should rap like about. I think you know? should rap about what you know. Right. You but know. I feel like that's and not, like that's not really what's always happening. But here's the thing. I mean, okay, like, perpetuating so, fucking so, garbage is perpetuating garbage. And there's nothing that, so like, I can do. That's people know, though. Huh? So now we're back to square one. If you should rap about what you should know. But here, but, know what if you, but what if you, but what if you, but what if you, what if you, how to, like what if you learned how to incorporate, value. like, real fucking, like, quality craftsmanship into a more contemporary that's lens? What, that's so what like, it's about. So, so, that's young, so, the, that's so that is the younger generations can actually connect with it, you know? Like... I just think that, like, you know... Believe like, me, I've been trying. My whole hip-hop freelance career has been, how can I curate a situation where I can show people, like, hey, the real way to win is through actual discipline, musicality, learning something, as opposed to just doing the quick, easy thing. Right, right, That right. we're all being walked into a trap. You said the ultimate word, commonality. So, I've grown up with all types of levels of street-type shit, shit I've been into myself and realized that was all bad. Mm-hmm. I got homies that's sitting on life sentences who will tell you yeah all that shit i was doing is a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. so they will i write tell you yeah not everybody needs to be rapping about such and such and such not everybody needs to be heard because it is being weaponized against all of us the commonality is it is being weaponized against all of us so how do you unify with somebody who's doing well, something that's inherently that detrimental there's a level of responsibility that comes, that right comes but along. it's hard that's it's it hard to say what's okay and you what's just put it out in the world not okay with like musical content because uh, different people right because different people in all different forms of art uh, you know some people maybe like um, murder movies or like action movies or whatever or some people like fucking 
I don't know, police novels or fucking assassin books or something like that. It doesn't, uh, it's hard to say that, like, yo, people can't be talking about this type of shit in their music. I don't but think we it's can so kill people that. on TV and fucking do all this other, like, you know what I mean? But then think about this, though. Take what you just said, shit. and that's so true. But you talk about that fine line. But think I about don't think this: they should. if there is a document out there from the early '90s where they show they these people colluding and conspiring to make this connection with the music, yeah, and yeah. how it and they push fills it their prisons. If you can make everybody, if you took all the top trap rappers and the people who are going to come right after them, sat them all down, got them all in one accord, and said, "This is what they've done. Right. Now, what do we do? Hmm. Are they going to keep doing the same thing to pad their own pockets, or are they going to change the game?" Meaning. Hmm. Are we going to operate against the common enemy that set that up, or are we going to just keep getting played for everybody else's personal individual like There's game? a responsibility. Even at this point, at this point where we're at now, it's like so much, so much has already been done that it's like, it's almost, it's, it's, I know I lost my, I'm losing my train of thought. Like, so it, we're so far into it now that it's almost like, it's almost unfixable. <sighs> I don't know that it's almost unfixable. Well, it's just that it's like it feels like the cycle is so far advanced that if people come out and are trying to make stuff that's not that, that it is A, not going to really be absorbed, and B, that even if there's no common enemy anymore, though there is, but even if there's not some shadowy room of people, even if you don't aren't required to believe it on that like literal of a level... Um, there still should be this general responsibility and recognition of where we're at now because right. of the damage that's been done and a responsibility to do some work to correct that in the other direction, um, you know, shadowy cabal or not. Right. Uh, I do feel... But I don't see that level of recognition in people not because the money is too compelling. And the entertainment yeah. factor. Right, and just with recycling enough money into these like just um, imagine the potential visibility of like an easily digestible pop song with like a really catchy four bars of a hook or something like that just think about all the different outlets there are within like all the different like apps and websites and sure. stuff that everybody uses in their pocket every day plus there's like all the fucking tv screens on top of taxis and delivery cars and billboards that are video screens and you know? it's just like i feel like it's like the the potential for them to like them to for like you know companies that have a lot of money that are pushing different types of media content like man it's just like uh there's a lot of outlets yeah there's a lot of avenues of accessibility why into people's why, psyche why put a more complex um, harder to understand fundamental sure. product From out a there business oh, it's not, point, it's not you could, <laughs> a buddy of mine a buddy of mine put it to me like this one time he's like listen um, smart people can appreciate stupid shit Stupid people don't really have as easy of a time appreciating smart shit. Whoa. So Whoa. that kind of <laughs> explains right. top forty radio right. in one sentence. You so take I mean? that and then if there is and a shadowy cabal who wants to intentionally dumb people down. It doesn't even have to be a shadowy cabal. It's just like any of these large companies, media companies that have a advertising budget, they can outbid us. Well no, I'm just saying that to say on top of what you're saying. Do you, we think that the average American intelligence level is going up or down? 
I'll leave it at that question. <laughs> it's a it's a I tough have to say it space. Depends, I mean, how do you measure intelligence? You know, like that's okay. That's it's like people are like like kind of access to more information like, than ever before. But are seemingly more, more unaware and disconnected yeah. more than ever before. I would say less aware, but maybe more knowledgeable across the board. I think that your average person is probably more informed about a greater variety of things. No, not but I think that the quality of that information quality, has, been, has been degraded. The impact of and what they, they can do and because awareness. they don't have a curated yeah. secondary well, education. Well, because people, the, the accessibility oh, of information, yeah, the accessibility of information is there that if you have a question, your question can be answered in the moment, mm. you know? Um, but it's, but I think that like the the, you know, whatever, intelligence of what people do with said information right. has decreased wild right. over time. So the it's like you learn something for the sake of like reposting it or mm -hmm. sharing it. And it's like, wait, you actually learned something. There's no retention level or but, impact yeah. or understanding of how to apply yeah. it. So it's information, but it's not knowledge. It's not applicable in any right. positive way to it's make any changes or to assess your situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no uh, rote learning kind of situation going on. Yeah, it's like it's that is an interesting. That There's out no way to assess it. Is, it. It is knowledge, but it's not wisdom. There it is. Right. Like not. It is a collection of things but it that could, one can but it be knowledgeable could be wisdom. about. It depends on what well, no, no. I'm not saying that it can't be. I'm just saying, but it's just impossible to quantify it like it is with like a college curriculum, for example. Hmm. You know. Where like part of it is how much you, you, can, you care could argue about that you could learn more on YouTube. Well, so I think that goes with like I have a silly feeling that I actually want to be a positive contributor to the world at large silly ass idea so who who defines like the guidelines of that though you know what i mean sure 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 and i say it relative to and i talk about this a lot i try to operate within some type of objective reality concept like we all have stomachs that need to get fed we all have these bodies that need to be housed and sheltered just starting at that base yeah. level i can say let me make myself a resource teach myself skills that I can use to better that situation. Yeah. It's just starting from there for everybody else. That alone, if everybody all did that, we'd have some kind of halfway utopian society situation yeah. as opposed to some psychopaths at the top pulling the strings and turning yeah. everybody into puppets that further pull everybody else's strings. Yeah. Capitalism. People's desire, people's desire to not have to be responsible. Oh, good point <laughs> there, buddy. The we'll always, accountability? We'll always oh. beat that. We'll always beat that every time. I but think I that's think part of the that idea I goes mean, back to capitalism because everybody just wants more so their offspring can be comfortable and not have responsibility like that. Hmm. I think that's what, like, that's kind of like, I don't know. I always think to myself, like, Capitalism, man, why would you ever need more than, like, tribal, we like, all are linked together. Why would you ever need more than, like, 10 million or, like, 50 million or something like that? Like, why are, are some of these people so obsessed with having, like, hundreds of billions of dollars in these, like, multinational conglomerates? And like, it's, a power, it's a power, it's a status thing. I think it's something that's like, by, by which people define themselves. You know, and I think that that's a, it's definitely a capitalist mindset, but I, like I said before, I think that the capitalist mindset is a symptom of the imperialist mindset, the desire to acquire right. in general, the desire to and conquer and control, conquer the world. like that is, that is something that started a long time ago. It's and I think that's love what, of money, the right. lust well, I mean, of money, but, but I mean, but this is not, I don't even think it's money, money. It's, it's not because that's money. the whole, yeah, the one it's, it's control, that it's the world has in common, is the pursuit of the dollar. Well, now, well, now they do, but it is not, I mean, the pursuit of the dollar, sure, but I think the dollar is, is 
something that is only significant because of the like the element of control that it represents. The more dollars you have, the more free agency you have, the more control and power that you have, the more ability you have to affect change, what about the more ability you, you have to control But what about once you have enough, you know? Well, but see, what is enough? Once you're in the mindset of like that the goal in life is to acquire and the goal in life is to consume and like, you know, you can and do when this you're on a systemic that there's level, other right? people who think that same way right. who it might outdo you. Right. Now, it yeah, now, it's, now it's a fight. Oh, I think that's Matt. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, and then it's always a fight, and then and then I think that breeds the capitalist mindset, which is the imperialist mindset centered around business, right? And so it's like this this greater arcing desire to conquer others and to control others and to have power is what guides the desire to acquire money and uh, you know to acquire business and amass fortune and wealth. And I think there's definitely a like a, a like you know genetic element to that where it's like yeah I'm going to protect my offspring and protect my lineage through finance and wealth, but I don't think that's like the, at the core of it. The core symptom is yeah the imperialist mindset. That's yeah. my two cents on it. you've got a good beat on it. Yeah. Like I, it's I in don't deep know. though. Like hard. I just find it hard to imagine some sort of scenario where the sort of order of things could. No, you're talking. You're talking about a change, complete. Total, really. You're talking about a complete and total overhaul of our whole world system. Right. Which is I right. just feel like you're, you're talking about a violent revolution the world over. In I a way like that has never been seen in the entire history of mankind, you know? I mean, maybe maybe really early on when we were on a much smaller scale, but like certainly nothing in even close to modern history. And frankly, I don't even think that you could get enough people to agree on some there new way to do things. That, you know? How would you, and not how to would you get that everybody that discussion is already a discussion, like even just having that discussion is something that's looked down upon and villainized. Right. When people try to figure it out, they're labeled as, you know, fucking commies or social. We've seen this time and time again in the history so of our world. Um, the outlier people putting down down <laughs> to being outliers. You conspiracy know, theorists. Conspiracy theorists, whatever. And it's not to say that there's not a healthy dose of that actually mixed in, of course, like we're humans, people are fucking crazy. But um, but yeah, it's like how can you even get that many people? And I see this honestly. This is a thing that I've seen with many social movements that have come about. You know, it's like like I remember the Occupy movement, right? Occupy movement, great in theory. You know, awesome. Fuck the banks, absolutely. Fuck Wall Street, absolutely. You know, like can't do this. Never did I really see an alternative being offered. Here and there, but not on a unified level across this entire like movement that frankly was one of the most powerful things that we had seen in a long time. And it felt like it had such this huge potential to make this like paradigm shift. And there was never, as far as I saw in like the public realm, a, you know, clear and defined step. It was there. Forward. It was there, you know but what? Not, it was it there? wasn't the central focus right. of everything. You're right. You and know? that's part of no the unification. media manipulation of absolutely. People, absolutely. people having their own I mean, agendas. The revolution still has to function within the paradigm of the world that we live in at the beginning. You know, it's like you can't just snap your fingers and be in a new in a new thing. Right, so it's like if you can't even get people to come together enough, if the media, if if the way that we absorb information is already so tightly controlled that it can disrupt, um, you know, disrupt us enough that we can't even get on the same 
level, like I can't get everyone together on the same thing. Like how could we ever hope to, you know, conquer something like global Man. global imperialism, you know? No. It's I, like, I don't know. I, I I'm like not, not to say that I have not that I have any path forward or too much money exchanging between too many hands yeah. to speak. It's, it's, it's and it's been hard. happening. There are people in places that are high who have so much power and it's beyond money. Right. I mean, we could even use phrases like human trafficking. We wouldn't even need to go there. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Not right. on that level, it's, it is possible, though. This is, the world is not totally fucked. I will argue that it also is like arguably easier than ever before in, in the history of humans to, like, uh, with all this, like, internet and technology and, like, content, supercomputer in your pocket type of stuff going on. It's like easier than ever for people like us to exist, and um, you know what I mean. It, you know, there is competition, but it's never been it's never been as accessible. I don't know, man. Like if you want to say good guys versus bad guys, the bad guys have it so dialed in that they've yeah. turned. It's like zombie apocalypse at this point. Like, Pract practice makes perfect. Like there's more. <laughs> Yeah, like you can think of people who are Just aware like music, who did it. There's a lot of bullshit to sift through. The people who are neutral and the people who are actually nefarious. The people who are nefarious have co-opted the people who are neutral. Right. So the people who actually get it and could do something are so few in number, I feel like. I hate yeah. to say it. Well, and the middle ground is such a huge amount of ground to cover because you're talking about changing the hearts and minds of people who on a fundamental just want nothing more than to not care. <laughs> you know that's so it's like, dangerous right well it's like the whole like ignorance is bliss thing there it's like you ignorance go. may be bliss but Absolutely. when you have the majority of your you know world and your people just really just wanting that ignorance they just want that bliss life right. is hard life sucks a lot of the time you right. know life is hard people just want to accept people just want an easy way out people just want to have an acceptance and it's like that that's a whole hell of a lot easier than not doing it right so it's like yeah you know it's just like how do you change how do you change that many people's minds when they just it's not that they feel the opposite they just don't want to feel anything at all you know? so yeah that's no, a, a tricky game so yeah. i think about that like what sponsor is saying relative to the idea of well there are people who are doing music who are doing things that are trying to take it back to a more cultural discipline yeah. type level uh, even myself like i'm reeling in a lot of stuff that I have always been doing as far as like hip-hop cultural type right. stuff putting my money where my mouth is and saying hey I support artists I want to see people win I know what it's like for artists coming up struggling I want to expose people to different music I want to do things specifically relative to exposing more black folks to better music right. and more understanding like dude do you realize how downhill it's come I've done that done a lot of that put my money where my mouth is throwing events I have the receipts to show it but at this point now my other business relative to just me freelancing and creating media and living in the Bay Area, I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know. I need to reel some of that in, but I still need to have something. So like the Beat Boutique thing, back to right. that. We don't charge. We do it for free. Right. Uh, when I have time, I can put together the content and put that out. And it's still a way to keep like a toe in the water yeah. of saying, okay, I can still kind of yeah, put some ripples give, out give there. Give something back to the genuine still of the community. Bingo. And it's like, hey, I'm still doing something yeah. and still able to curate, still able to gatekeep to a certain degree. Because to a certain degree, if we put out more of that content, I get to decide if I'm right. editing, shooting, editing, I get right. to decide what's going to get featured. Right. And we pretty much, between me and the guy I do it with, <coughs> we get to say who gets on. So to a certain degree, I can say, well, here's kind of what we're trying to lean towards. Right. And if anybody asks me, I have no problem saying, well, here's why. But then we're going to get into a whole other 
discussion and they're going to say, well, I don't see it that way. I'm going to be like, well, reality doesn't care how you see it. <laughs> like, well, I feel it's this. Well, there's this thing where reality doesn't give a fuck about your feelings. Right. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. But that is the harshest. I mean, I put myself in, <laughs> I literally do. From hip hop, put myself in position to where I'm thriving. I'm not just surviving, I'm thriving. I'm super winning off of straight hip hop mentality type shit. And I pretty much make my own time and live in a pretty yeah. dope way not hurting anybody not manipulating anybody not getting over on anybody i'm cool and i can right. give back and it's good right but i'm like back up off a lot i ain't gonna kill myself today. yeah I'm trying to do it yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you gotta strike that balance somebody see me because i do have a meeting no obviously super dope discussion uh ah yeah i'm gonna hang out it's called yeah, I do gotta get on this. Damn. Super dope, dope discussion, though. Yeah, thank you. I mean, this kind of stuff I talk about all damn day. I know, right? I think about it's it, talk about it sometimes. Like, <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, no. Like, relative to the kind of stuff, especially music type stuff, I'm like, bro. Like, even with uh, Mikey, like, like Achilles, mm. me and him have these discussions all the time. You know, he's rapping, I'm like, I feel for cats trying to get it in on music these days. I'm like, yeah. what you're up against. I've had this discussion with him. I'm like, you're not really riding that wave of what's hot, but then you low-key support what's hot. I'm like, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Because what you're doing is giving validation to people who are just oversaturating the market with a bunch of bullshit that you're going to have to sift yeah. through. I hope you're not banking on blowing up as an artist in a scene that's being oversaturated with a bunch of easy cookie-cutter nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, well, it's mm. definitely an interesting time. I don't know. What do you feel like, Hamza? Um, man, I mean, like, see, look, I see myself as, like, when I write and when I, like, do what I do, it comes from a deeper place than just wanting to, like, you know, be a rapper or, like, make music, you know, per se. And, uh, uh, you know, with that being said, I think that it's fine art, you know? And... I think that there are ways that like one can brand themselves where you don't have to necessarily make a fuck ton of money, you know, but like I could fucking like sell like 10 shirts to like these 10 people who really fuck with me and they'll give me 50 bucks because they believe in my shit, you know, and I can do that. And, you know, I think being open to like at least open for collaboration, open for just like (laughs) open-minded as far and there's like a lot of shit i don't like and a lot of shit i don't fuck with and like that you but know there's a like, lot of interesting things that like newer cats are doing yeah exactly new, new ideas and like I let just me ask think, you a question though if you think do you believe that there's anything in this world that is inherently destructive to people you care about um yeah there's a lot man so then i'm let me fucking, ask you i'm libyan bro <laughs> there's a lot that so know. then would you partner with those people that can be considered as open-minded to partner with somebody who's doing something that's inherently destructive to well look we live in america man like and like that's like a cold like fact about like what like the world is at least at this moment in time and like until like there's like a point in time where that like tide like shifts you know, like, okay, I'm ready for it. But, like, you know, but like, you I guess... actively seek out a partnership with I don't somebody. actively seek out a partnership with anybody. That's investing in yourself, man. Like, this is something that, like, you know, I do. That, like, I'm going to continue to do. That, like, I don't need, you know, like, to change my message for anybody. 
I could still live a functional life and make money outside of doing it and still do what the fuck I want to do. And like, you know, like whatever like happens with it happens. And, you know, I think like the validation of like wanting to, you know, of like art, like being monetized is like fucking up like good artists. You know what I'm saying? Because like, it's like Wu-Tang could fucking sell a fucking album for 100K, a million, whatever, you know, like, and like, dude, that's fine art. You know, like, and I think just the way everybody's approaching this shit is like all fucked up. Cause like, I I feel like, and like, what I slap is like fucking hard, you know, like classic hip hop shit, you know, like along with like other, you know, music, but fucking, you know, like, I just think like more than anything, I'm not even gonna like put like a negative, you know, any negativity towards, like, what, you know, anybody else is doing and just start actually actively being proactive.
Today's episode of the Study Music Podcast is brought to you by Mountain Lion Delivery. If you're in the Oakland area, the Greater East Bay, they're your one-stop shop for all your legal cannabis needs. Who needs to go down to the cannabis club anymore? Who needs to go down to the dispensary? Neighborhood weed guy, forget about it. Toss that idea out the window. You got Mountain Lion Delivery now. They're bringing whatever you need right to your front door, knocking on that with a handful of goodies for you. From the tinctures to the edibles to the smokables to the oils, you know, the espresso beans for your grandma, whatever you need. MountainLionDelivery.com is where you need to go. And when you find all the stuff that you want and you get to check out, plug in the code STUDY and they're going to take 15% off the top. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.